Parshas Lachlacha, the gumption to pursue your own destiny. That is, of course, a reference to the great protagonist of our Parsha of Ramavino, who pursues his own destiny, very different than his non-believing parents. That's the ball moving, the ball of Yiddishkeit, monotheism, meaning. Let's develop this slowly but surely. When we have a story in Tyra, we immediately gravitate to the story's beginning to see how it starts, how the Torah is introducing the story or the figure involved. What is the start of the story of Avram? After all, in last week's Parsha Noach, while Avram is born, he's still under the shadow of his father, Tarach. Avram first strikes it on his own in this week's Parsha, which begins with Lech Lecha, go for yourself. Move to, move to the land I will show you. Now, is that the beginning you would expect? What does Avram mean to you? Midrashim bring out all, seemingly all the pivotal aspects of Avram. Avram the believer. Avram who broke his father's idols. Avram Hikar Esporu, the first one to discover Hashem. Avram as the paragon of Amuna. All of that stuff, believe it or not, does not appear explicitly in the Chumash and certainly not in the beginning. And the question is why? It seems that the Chumash wants to highlight Lech Lecha, this journey, this odyssey. That is what Avram is all about. And it is almost understating and leaving to Midrashim everything about Avram's discovery of monotheism. And that troubles me. Certainly the Avram that I've always related to is as the Hikar Espire, the one who discovered Hashem. It must be that in order to understand Avram and his discovery of monotheism properly, we need to relate to it through the story of Lech Lecha, Avram's journey. And let me explain. On the surface, Avram is engaged in a physical journey. He's leaving behind Charon and his upbringing in Mesopotamia, and he's traveling with a caravan to Eretz but on a deeper level, I would posit this journey is his spiritual journey. Think about it this way. Just as geographically he is leaving the less holy place and traveling to the holy place, Eretz well, that's what he's been doing. He has left the unholy position of kfira and disbelief, and he's traveling towards Hashem. And just as his physical travel involves a severing of his past and his upbringing, he was leaving behind his parents. Think of the poignant scene of Avram Grip presumably kissing his mother goodbye, never to see her again. He's leaving all that behind. Well, that was Avram's Messiris Nefesh in discovering Hashem. I would argue even before he physically traveled away from his parents and his upbringing. He left them behind. He cut the spiritual umbilical cord. 
he no longer associated himself with the values of his upbringing. And that's a very difficult thing to do. Any of us who've pursued our own destiny understand that there is something very isolating, ruggedly isolating, in losing that bedrock of comfort, upbringing, parental values, association with friends, family, even if one physically still lives in close proximity. But in terms of who their chavra are, who they relate to, think of Geirim, who speak of the difficulty moving from the religion of their birth, even after they came to believe in the truth of Yiddishkeit. But culturally, spiritually, they had been reared on the values of their the religion of their upbringing and all of their emotional touch points were with the original and their family and all of that. So, yes, in the surface, it's a physical journey, but it so clearly captures Avraham Avinu's entire spiritual journey, leaving behind everything he knew and traveling towards holiness, Hashem. And I would suggest the Torah's fixated on the Lach Lecha because while it might be powerful, dramatic, the Midrashic stories of Avram shattering the idols or Midrashic portraits of Avram studying the cosmos to discover Hashem, that does not really capture the, the human side to what the Avram transition is all about, to what the Avram revolution is all about, to what the revolution of every garum, for that matter, every trailblazer is about. It's not simply discovery of a truth through studying the cosmos, or even displaying heroism by breaking idols. The deepest, most meaningful Avram dynamic is in his ability to be a holy, to be a traveler to leave behind his past and travel forward. Most of us are inhibited by the circumstances of our birth, by our baggage from the past, by our emotional connections to the past. And I'm positing Lech Lecha is supposed to capture the Avram story in terms of the gumption to pursue your own destiny, and that's what being a holech is all about. To buttress this theory, to solidify our theory, that is not simply a story, a particular story about Avram, but an emblem of his life, a willingness to travel, to move forward, to pursue his own destiny and part with the past. I would like to trace a magnificent textual pattern. Frequent sheer attendees are familiar with my bookend theory. The bookend theory is that every unit in Torah, every parish, every narrative in Torah is kind of bracketed off with something symmetrical in the beginning vis-a-vis the end. You find it all the time. This is a technique really to discern the harmony of Torah, how it brackets off each unit with a symmetrical opening and closing bucket. So what are the bookends of the Avram story? Okay, 
I am considering our parsha the beginning of, of the Avram story, because while he was born last week in Parsha's Noach, he is still under the shadows of his father. Avram's prime, Avram in his prime, begins in this parsha. And I would say the same thing at the end in Parsha's Chaisara. While he's still alive, Avram lives out his last years in Chaisara, buries his wife, sets up his son. That's already Avram in his waning stage. Chaisara is really setting up Yitzchak, marrying off Yitzchak. Avram in his prime, I would suggest, is Parshish Lech Lecha and Vayera, respectively. Well, until now we studied the opening bookend of our Parsha, Avram's travel to Eretz Yisrael. Let's shift now to the closing bookend of the story of Avram in the prime of his life. The final episode in, Par- in Parshas Vayera, which is the story of the Akedah, an appropriate culmination, his tenth test, according to many Rishonim. Well, listening to the, listen to the following Pasuk with a sensitive ear in the story of the Akedah. Bereshus Parachaf Beis, Pasuk Beis. Take your beloved son Yitzchak and travel for yourself to the land of Moriah. We know the Pasuk. But did you hear an echo? The term Lech Lecha, once you see it, almost jumps off the page. The Lech Lecha, Eretz HaMoriah. Such an unmistakable echo of the beginning of the Avram story. It begins with Lech Lecha, his story, it ends with Lech Lecha in the time of the Akedah. And this lech lecha pattern is particularly compelling when we appreciate the conjunction lech and lecha. Lech lecha does not appear anywhere else in all of Chumash. So clearly the author, the divine author, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is doing something, has some sort of plan up his sleeve when he places lech lecha in the beginning and the end of Avram's story. Well, now we're beginning to understand why. Lech lecha is a magical phrase in Avram's life, beginning with the first lech lecha and beyond. Avram's raison d'etre, what Avram is all about, his purpose, his, what he's here to symbolize for all of us in Chumash, is the gumption to be a holich, to move beyond the circumstances of one's birth, to have that mysterious nefesh to part with the past and move forward. And that is the human side of the ger, of Avram discovering Hashem in a far more poignant way than, than the how exactly with which scientific proof he discovered Hashem in the study of the cosmos. And as with every discovery in Torah, the discovery spurs more discoveries. Pulling out our magnifying glass and examining the text, you will notice something uncanny. The term holich, travel, appears again and again in Avram's life in unexpected places beyond physical travel. Avram's avodas Hashem is described repeatedly throughout Chumash as traveling towards Hashem or before Hashem. For example, at the end of our parasha, Perak Yudzayim Pasuk Aleph, Pasuk says, Hishalech lafanai. Hashem says, Avram, Travel before me. Interesting term to describe divine worship. Hishalech lafan, I travel before me. Or we have Bereshis, Parachavdalad, Pasuk Mem, in which Avram Avinu says about himself, Hashem asher hishalachti lafanav, Hashem whom I walked before, traveled before. Interesting term to describe divine worship. And likewise, 
we find in regard to Avram, along with his son Yitzchak, his continuation, in Bereshis Perak Mem Tes Pasuk Tesvav, Vahasher his halchu avosai lefanav Avram v'Yitzchak. Avram and Yitzchak are described as being holchim. Particularly Avram is described as a holy, as a traveler before God. That's an unusual term, which pervades the text. Why is Avram called walking before God? What is that supposed to convey? And why is it used regarding Avram more so than other tzaddikim? Moshe is not called a holy in front of Hashem. Moshe is called an Evan Hashem. Now we're beginning to understand, travel in Avram's life is a very powerful term. It's almost an iconic phrase, beginning with the Lech Lecha itself, because traveling means never remaining stationary, never resting on laurels, the gumption to trailblaze, not only geographically in journey, but in spiritual odyssey. After all, if Avram Avinu did not possess that gumption to be a holich, to travel beyond his origin, you and I would still be in Mesopotamia, God forbid, bowing to a bunch of idols. Yiddishkeit would have never gotten off the ground. Avram's whole avodas to be a holich, to travel beyond, to move yonder, and to progress. And that is what he inspires in all of us. So many of us have glass ceilings, restrict ourselves by what we believe we're capable of, what we believe our upbringing is. The creativity to break out of the box of personal expectations, surpassing your limits, to become something so much greater. We are all capable of so much more than we thought. That is Avram And that is why our parsha begins with Lech Lecha and the story of Avram ends with Lech Lecha. And you can place many aspects of Avram's life into focus when you appreciate the power of being a holy, as in a traveler, as in a person of change. Avram and his discovery of Hashem. But I would suggest it goes beyond that. It is not to be understood that Avram has his first epic discovery of Hashem and then he sits back and rests on his laurels. Avram is always in a state of discovery. Because you see, belief in Hashem is not a unidimensional concept. Knowing Hashem is an ever-growing realization. The truth is you never have fully gotten there. There's always more. Because knowing Hashem is not just simply a piece of data. It's a relationship to Hashem. The word das as in re- means literally relationship. The more Hashem becomes part of me, the more I forge a connection, my das, Yedias Hashem, is forever increasing. So the gayrus of Avram, the discovery of Hashem, is not a one-and-done deal, but it's forever growing throughout his life. Avram is a whole life forever. It would be anathema for Avram at any given stage in his life to rest on his laurels because it is that dogged pursuit of truth, the catalyst of his lach lecha, which motivates him to forever grow. And this is borne out 
this characteristic of Avram that he's always a holic, he's always in discovery, he's always making himself over. Perhaps you know people like that, who they are so ambitious, they are so driven, that they never rest on their laurels. And all the more so a person motivated by disco- to discover meaning and purpose and make themselves over in this direction, in that sort of way. Well, this is brought out by a point of seeming midrashic divergence. You see, in Torah, when, when we have confusing questions or supposed contradictions or seeming dissonance, you understand those tensions are actually intended to spur deeper understandings. Midrashic dissonance is beautiful. Midrashic divergence are, is to be embraced, not to be avoided. If you notice a problem, something two midrashim are not speaking congruently, don't take the easy way out and just say machlokas. See if somehow melding the two together, right, brings out something more multifaceted that we would have believed otherwise. That's the way Torah works. And a classic example of this we'll trace in the life of Avram, and that is the question, when did Avram discover Hashem? How old was Avram when he discovered Hashem? It's the most common answer. We're taught in grade school because it's shocking. Gemara tells us he discovered Hashem ben Shlosha when he was three years old. And that, that kind of gives us a certain moving portrait of little toddler Avram discovering Hashem. I guess they don't make toddlers like they used to. But the truth is, we find many other Midrashim that give other ages. Med recited by the Rambam says Ben Arbon, the man was 40, which is probably closer to the Pshat. I mean, all the discussion of Avram studying the cosmos and his scientific research, Avram is the first religious cosmologist. I mean, that's that's 40-year-old stuff. And other Midrashim speak about, give other demarcations, such as age 48, and the question is, how do we work them all out? Are these Midrashim Chalukos? Says the Kesef Mishnah famously, Rabbi Yosef Cairo, these Midrashim are not in disagreement. Avram reached different levels, different milestones in his discovery of Hashem at all these different points, 3, 40, 48. Each Midrash is kind of honing in on a certain given stage of his discovery of Hashem, saying, let's highlight that one, let's highlight that one, because it was forever grown. Now, my question is, why are the Midrashim doing that to us? Why are they so misleading? Why are they in scattered places, giving different stages as though implying it's three, it's 40, it's 48, and leaving us to piece them all together? Just say it was evolving. Why mislead me and say, in one place, three is the age, and in another place, 40 is the age, and in another place, 48 is the age? Why confuse me that way? That's the question. But as with every question in Torah, the question is actually the revelation of something deeper. See, I think the Madrash want us to understand that each stage of further discovering Hashem is as dramatic as the first. You might think, okay, the light bulb moment, the brilliant eureka moment was when he first discovered Hashem. And then the later phases, yeah, they're a deepening understanding of Hashem, but they're not as dramatic as the first stage, as the pivotal transitional moment when he rejected idolatry and embraced monotheism. But you see, no, that's not true. Every discovery of Hashem, every deeper conception of who 
Arabonashalness. Every deeper level of intimacy with Hashem was so meaningful that relative to what Avram knew before, it was as though he didn't know Hashem. The Hashem I knew yesterday, well, that's not Hashem relative to the Hashem I know today. You see, Avram was engaged. Avram was forever living it up experientially, dynamically discovering Hashem. And the Hashem he knows today makes what he knew yesterday, relatively speaking, a conception which pales by comparison. So the Midrash can bring this out to us by in each place, dramatizing the given phases if that's the phase, to tell me from a certain perspective, you can look at that phase in isolation and say that transitional moment is it. Give that transitional moment its glory. Don't allow any piece of Avram's life to be kind of a coasting period with, okay, a little religious growth. No, each phase can be dramatized as this was it, this was the phase. Because that's Avram. And that is why, returning to the text, we trace the term lechlecha, not in one place in Avram's life, but in the multitude of sources we traced. Again and again, he's called a holech, lechlecha, holech, holech. He's always traveling. He's never stationary. That lechlecha is the catalyst of his life. It's the beginning, but beyond the beginning. It is an enduring motif throughout Avram's life, bookending his life and permeating and pervading his life, as we traced in the text. Avraham's characteristic as a holich, forever changing, has other manifestations. At the end of our parish, at the time of his brismila, Avraham's body changes, but not only does his body change. Along with the change of his body at the time of circumcision, his identity changes. He has a new name, Avraham becomes Avraham. And he's the only figure in Tanakh whose name changes so marked that as the Gemara says, you're not allowed to call him Avraham. He's like He's a ger. He's like reborn. Avram becomes Avraham. And at the time of that meal, the Ramban says he attained a certain Kedushas Yisrael, right? A change of body in terms of circumcision, change of name, and change of spiritual persona, right? So you have, in that moment of bris meal, you have a classic example of multifaceted change. Uh, you know, you know na- names are, are, are a primal thing, think of this in terms of a story I oftentimes relate regarding my grandfather, Olavashal. When I was a young child, my grandfather had a heart attack, and I remember that when following his surgery, when he was in the recovery room, the nurses woke him up, or kind of tried to bring him up back from his sedated state by uttering his first name. I'll never forget the scene the way it was described to me. The young nurse in her feminine voice saying, Marshall, Marshall. It's my grandfather. And I remember my grandmother, Lashal, who always stood up for my grandfather's dignity, was disturbed by that. This young nurse, you'll excuse me, little twerk, speaking to a man old enough to be her grandfather, who was a recognized scholar and professor, Marshall, Marshall, as though you're Bud Bud. She'll be, you'll excuse me, say, Dr. Sklar, Professor Sklar, whatever it is. And the nurse explained, no, of course we wouldn't refer to him on a first-name basis in standard interactions. But this is different. We're tr- this is a technique which we learn. We are trying to rouse him from a 
deep state of unconsciousness from, from his surgery. So when we like to enunciate the name, the first name, which the individual grew up with, our birth name, and perhaps even deeper than that, this is my own interpretation, perhaps the feminine voice is particularly evocative when you think of the primal nature of a mother referring to a son and what that evokes in consciousness. But the point is, that story always captured for me that however much we advance in life, I don't care how many letters we have after our name, at the end of our day, it's our name which speaks to us and defines us. And certainly when we're in a compromised state, deeply sedated, it is the first name which tugs at our heartstrings and awakens us. Um, so Avram's entire name, persona, everything changes. That's an Avramic concept because it captures who he is. Avram is called Tchilo Legerim, the first Ger for a reason. This is what the Gerim among us have, but I, I don't want to speak uniquely of Gerim. You could speak of not only a Gerim, not only a Baltuva, from, from birth to a person, all of us in terms of our drive to self-discover, to self-realize, to become more than the circumstances of our birth. We're a holich, as represented by Avram. Two more observations I will share with you to kind of fill out tonight's year on Avram and the power of the term lach lecha, the power of Avram being a holich, and that is our definition of a holich meaning someone who changes, someone with grit and gumption to grow into something new, can be borne out when we notice the few other times in Chumash, beyond Avram, outside of the story of Avram, where other individuals are described as being a holich. I was only able to find two other examples, two singular examples. One is regarding Noach in last week's Parsha, where it says, Es halukim has halich Noach in Bereshis, Parak Vav Pazitas. Noach walked in the ways of Hashem. And also, we have a Pasuk in Parashas Bereshis, Vayis halich Hanoch, Es halukim Hanoch walked before Hashem. Interesting that we, this term halicha, which we find most prevalently in the life of Avram, we only find singularly regarding two other individuals, Hanoch and Noach. Why so? Like the point is what we've come to understand, that being a holich means traveling beyond, surpassing your spiritual limits. So it's an appropriate term when you're dealing with people who are born into spiritually impoverished circumstances or spiritually impoverished societies, such as Avram was, born amongst Ovdi Avodazar, but in a certain sense, Noach, growing up in, a, in an immoral society, or Chanoch, growing up in the ten generations between Adam and Noah, the terrible, ten horrible generations. Right? A person who bucks the tide, who has this rugged, dogged individualism, I can be different, I can become more. They are a host. So that's why you find the term specifically regarding people such as this, Noah Hanuf, but most predominantly Avram, who is, of course, the one who totally bucks the tide and totally gets this thing started. Because you see... The trailblazer is motivated by a fundamental belief. They are capable of more, 
And in a certain sense, they don't even know themselves. They don't know themselves. Everything I know about myself is only a partial story. Don't limit myself. Don't box myself in by the person than a shama I've known till now. There might be more to me. There might be more unrealized potential in my neshama. Life is an odyssey, a journey of self-discovery, self-actualization. The sky's the limit. Which is brought up by a final, splendid, textual pattern. And that is in the very word, the very phraseology, lech lecha. A term which we have hopefully breathed life into tonight. Brought out that it is so much more than a term of physical travel. It is the icon of Avram's life as we traced in the text. Being a traveler, being a spiritually ambitious person. Well, place that term lech lecha in your mind's eye. Lech lecha, go for yourself. Do you notice something interesting? In the Chumash, where there's no punctuation, it says lamachaf. Sophis, Lamed Chaf, Sophis, Lech Lecha. The two words are back-to-back, the same letters. Identical in Chumash. Now, that is not going to be a coincidence. The fact that the iconic phrase, the expression with book ends his life, the beginning of our parish, the end of Parshish Vayer, as we traced earlier tonight. The fact that it is Lech and Lecha repeating itself, Lamed Chaf, Lamed Chaf, it, it is intended to evoke something. And what is that? Apparently, the term Lech as in Go and Lecha for you are fundamentally reflecting one thing. Well, let's take that latter term, lecha. Lecha, commonly translated as for you. But we know a Lamed prefix has a sharper meaning than for. It can mean to. Lecha, in its sharpest read, would mean to you. Lech lecha. Go to you. Not simply the pshat meaning go for yourself, as in it's in, go for your own interests, but much deeper. Lech lecha, go towards yourself. As in the true you lies yonder. You're going towards yourself. You're engaged in an odyssey of self-discovery. You're discovering Hashem, but with that you're discovering yourself. Lech lecha, that is the deepest travel. The deepest halicha is when there's a travel, there's a journey, there's an odyssey of self-discovery, you're going towards yourself. You're actualizing yourself. You're realizing reservoirs of personal potential, which you didn't know were there previously. There's an evolving self, self-awareness, self-understanding. Avram is never boxed in by his own personification. And that's the power of these two words, lech lecha, the journey toward self. The deepest journey is the journey toward self. And that is what Avram teaches us. Who am I? There's who I've been. But the me might be something a lot larger than that. Pursue dreams. And then dream some more. Spiritually. Dream big. Think big. 
think out of the box, pursue out of the box. We are each a lot much greater than we thought we are or we thought we were. My entire concept of who I am, what my role is, what I'm capable of, is inevitably larger than anything I thought. Never set a low bar. Never impose limits. That is the power of the example of Avram, the model story of Avram. The one who breaks beyond every box, breaks out of every social norm, the great revolutionary, the great discoverer. He is hence called a holy, a traveler, always growing, always honing himself in an entirely new way. That is a mandate for us all, B'nai Avraham, Amen, Kenyi Hiratzon.